host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the wicked awesome DRS ATL studios right here in Roswell, Georgia. Waheed Gomes, executive producer of the show and a friend extraordinaire. And it wouldn't be a Ride the Vibe without Waheed. And both of us are just over the moon, super stoked to have on the show uh, Simon Kirk. And Simon Kirk is one of the most humble musicians I have ever met. And it's been an absolute honor to have him remain his friend for over 50 years. I truly feel he is like a brother to me. And that's a quote from uh, the amazing Lucy Pillar. Simon, welcome. Hey, Michael. Waheed. Hey, guys. Um, Lucy. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's been the keeper of the flame of free and bad company for like 50, 53 years, I think. Yeah. Bless her. She's a, a real, a real sweetheart. We love her. Yeah. Amen to that. And I, if you're amenable, Simon, I would love to, uh, to dedicate this show to Lucy and a speedy recovery. Mm-hmm. She's gone through, as you know, a little. Yeah. She had eye surgery, yeah. I believe, uh, cataract. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I, I echo that sentiment. Thank you, Michael. That's yeah. very nice. Well, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be chatting with you. And um can already tell that the most humble musicians I ever met quote from Lucy uh, resonates uh, right out of the gate. What What's your uh, first memory of of meeting Lucy, Simon? Oh, well, I suppose it would be with Free. Um, You know, she hooked on to us at a pretty early, you know, Free was only around uh, for four years. I mean, the original lineup was Mm -hmm. only around for less than three years. And I remember this this young girl, and she always had a camera with her. um, And and she just kind of... (laughs) insinuated herself into our little group because uh, we were very much a closed circle back in those days. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the fact that she was a, a girl and a pretty girl at that, yeah. you know, she, but she was so um, nice and uh, do you mind if I la la? And she took some great yeah. photos that guys wouldn't really have taken mm-hmm. because we didn't let anyone in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I remember her from, from those days. And she was also, I, I remember seeing her quite a, a few times uh, watching Peter Green's ah, yeah. Fleetwood Mac, the original yeah, Fleetwood the Mac. Yeah, brilliant guitarist. When they played yeah. at the Marquee, the original Marquee Club mm-hmm. in London, I remember seeing her there a few times. So mm. She was a real blues aficionado, you know. She's a, a, a real true life, uh, almost famous story with the, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to the, the writing, the, the camera. I love it. Yeah. Well, um, for your fans that are uh, legion, but may not be familiar with Ride the Vibe, Simon, the way we roll the show is uh, what I like to call a listening party format. 
And we like to mm. encourage the listeners to sit back in a comfortable environment, even if it's on a raft. Now uh, here in the South, we can be out on the water <laughs> uh, and get a beverage of their choice. And today in the studio, we're featuring uh, some carbonated water from a cool company that's a product placement sponsor of ours, Drinkmate. They're a little startup out of uh, Michigan, and they're the Carbonate Anything Drink Maker. So uh, we've I got. I love it. I love the name. Yeah, Drinkmate. Drinkmate. And they'll take any uh, you know anything you've got, and they you just uh, use this little portable device we've got here in the studio. Great idea. Yeah, and you carbonate it. Sounds it up. like an Australian. <laughs> like, hey, mate, you want a drink, drink mate? mate? Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, I'll have a drink, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to use love it. They'll be using you. They'll be asking you to do a jingle for them, Simon. <laughs> That's fine, man. Just send me one of their products. I'll do it. <laughs> and maybe I'll talk to uh, Doug Wang, who's the uh, CEO and owner, and I'm sure he'd be delighted to do it. Yeah, it's a cool product. I swear by it. I'm drinking a lot more water, I can tell you that, which is uh, cool, good, man. good for great. you. That's great. So we're going to play five songs off your uh, album, mm-hmm. All Because of You. We're not going to play them in their entirety because, uh, you know, even though you've had all your success with the uh, free and bad company and, and all, all, all the, all the rest, I know you, uh, still can, you know, use some coin in your pocket and, uh, donate it to good causes, et cetera. Well, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like sleep and sex. You could always do with a little bit. More, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm gonna have to write that one down. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, on a t-shirt <laughs> yeah sleep and sex <laughs> and more money so uh you, more money. <laughs> we're gonna play a couple <laughs> minutes and then um we want folks to go to official simonkirk.com i think is the right website is that correct simon mm-hmm. yeah. and actually buy it off the website as opposed to uh the spotify thing which you uh, make like 0. 0.0013 cents or, or, something. or itunes where i give uh 33 percent to to Stephen Jobs' estate. Yeah. Yeah, go buy it off my website. I'll be very grateful. Great. Well, we're going to play five of uh, those songs off of All Because of You, your 2017 uh, release. And then we've got a wild card at the very end we're going to play uh, that's uh, mm. not on that album. So uh, we'd love to kick it off with uh, All Because of You, if you're amenable to that. Yeah, sure. I'd love to hear it. Cue it up, Wahid.
Sound great. You are. <laughs> You are a lucky man. <laughs> you are a lucky man to have uh, someone in your life like that. And and a great yeah. song and uh, a, a great Thank tribute you. to uh, a special lady in your life. I, I you just yeah. resonates. The, she is. The excitement. So I want to go back, Simon, if you're okay, and talk about your time growing up in England and listening to Radio Luxembourg on your uh, tiny mm. transistor radio. Wow. Yeah. You've, you've been doing some due diligence. Um, <laughs> Well, look, the, the thing about England in the, let me get this right, in the very early 60s, pre-Beatles, yep. like around 60, 61, you know, we had a real, I mean, our top 20 was, does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? <laughs> uh, my old man's a dustman, a garbage man, you say over here. Yeah. Uh, real sort of jokey records, you know, Peter Sellers and Sophie Loren, nothing wrong with them, but, you know, it was just full of, eh, you know. Yeah. One of the shining lights was Cliff Richard, early Cliff Richards in the shadows, you know, they were pretty cool. Mm. But over in Luxembourg, which is this tiny little country yeah. sandwiched between France and Belgium, this tiny little country called, uh, you know, Luxembourg, and they had this amazing station. Mm. And it was AM 208. I even remember the frequency. Mm. I can't remember what I had for dinner yesterday, <laughs> but I can remember the radio frequency of Radio Luxembourg. <laughs> and it used to broadcast these amazing start songs, yeah. early Motown, yeah. Stax, yeah. Um, Ray Charles, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of black music. And primarily it was for the, the troops, yeah. the American troops who were still stationed in Europe. Uh, you know, after World War Two, you know, we're only talking about uh, 15 years yeah, after. Yeah. There were still a lot of American troops, particularly in Germany. So we managed to pick it up on our little transistor radios. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a little earpiece. You know, the, the, the transistor radio was about the size of a pack of a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> but I managed to pick it up and you could dial it in. And yeah. You could hear these, you know, early Motown. This is talking about 61, yeah. 62, 63. Were you getting chest? Were you getting some of the chest stuff out of uh, Memphis or not? Or just Yeah, uh, yeah. Howling Wolf, mm -hmm. Muddy Waters. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. Um, a lot of early American stuff. And it really got me through. When you were getting those guys, like Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters, were you aware mm. that the drummer for them, you know, the, that their sideman was uh, Willie Big Eye Smith? Was that, did that, you know, did you know that? Or because it was all coming through the radio, you didn't? You... Well, I, I guess at that time, I was, this is just before I, I started getting into drumming. Yeah. So I was about, in, in 63, I was 14. I was just picking, you know, getting into drumming then. So I yeah. wasn't really interested into who played what. Yeah. That came a little later yeah. when I'd write down religiously all the drummers, la, la, la. Yeah. Sam Lay was was the number one drummer at chess in those days, yeah. you know. And um, uh, But that didn't come until, you know, like 63, 64. Yeah. Um, so let me, uh, let me just go back a little bit. So I, I got into this, this music, and not really for... Um, to play drums, it just grabbed my attention because yeah. I was fed up with listening to, you know, the dross that was on the charts in England yeah. at that time. Yeah. And around about that time, 63, we got the Beatles. Ah, and yeah. I was 14. You got them a little, about a year later. Mm -hmm. You know, we, and I think we heard um, 
Love Me Do, I believe, was the very first thing. Yep. And I, it was this weird, yeah. like a swing, but it wasn't quite a swing. It wasn't quite a two-four yeah. straight-ahead groove. It was this weird loping beat. And, of course, I found out later that Ringo didn't even play on it. <laughs> Uh, he played the tambourine. It was a guy called Andy White who played <laughs> drums. But whatever it was, that kind of sparked a little yeah. seed in my head. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and then, I don't know if you want me to go on about how I... Well, I, I, I want to I segue to, to talking about, you know, how you got your big break. And I've got that in quotes on my notes at 13. Uh, and it was given to you by uh, your school bus driver. My bus driver, yeah. yeah who, I was actually 14. Or 14, I just started, okay, yeah. Yeah, 14. Well, let, let me just yeah. uh, let me just preclude that yeah. by, because it really is a thunderbolt moment. Yeah, yeah. When I, we first got, uh, we got our very first TV, we'd actually got electricity in this little cottage that we'd moved to, and we got a little black and white TV, and I'm watching this program called All That Jazz, mm -hmm. which featured big band jazz, yeah. big bands, yeah. swing bands. And I was entranced mm. by the drummer. Mm, and I picked mm. up a pair of my mum's knitting needles. I used to <laughs> knit with my mum. That's how nerdy I was. I used to knit, me and her used to knit together. I love my mum. I've, I I've knitted as well, Simon. So. All right, so the truth is out. <laughs> yep. um, and I started banging around on this, on this electric fire, and I was, that's when I was hooked. So fast forward about nine months and I'd, I had a little band in high school, and we were, I was just m messing around with, you know, uh, these kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting off the school bus getting to go home, and my bus driver says, Simon, I hear you play drums. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah, like I've been playing them all my <laughs> life. He said, yeah. He said, well, I've got a business proposition. I still remember what, exactly what he said. I've got a business proposition. Oh, my God. Uh, but I'll have to speak to your mum about yeah. it, your yeah. parents, because... And what it was, Michael, was I would play. Mm -hmm. He had the first forerunner of a disco. Mm -hmm. And he had a whole stack of 45s and a couple of turntables. He used to go around the local village halls mm -hmm. in the area mm -hmm. playing all these. And he thought it would be a little gimmick for me with my little drum kit yeah. to play along with the, the record. Yeah. And that's what I did for nearly three years. Mm -hmm. You know, it just so resonated with me, the... The, you know, the big break and it comes from a driver and you seized it and that set you on the, on your path. And it just, it, it also, and I want, I want to have you weigh in on this, but Malcolm Gladwell wrote a brilliant book called Outliers. And in that book, he talks about the 10,000 hour rule that they have, you know, serious science on that says the difference between the average and the, and the great like you is huh. the 10,000 hours of practice put in. And so it, 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 it's, it just seemed to me like that kind of thing, you know, all that practice you did really set the stage for that 10,000 hours. Am I on point? Well, that's, I'd never heard that. And I, I like that very much. But what that instilled in me, Michael, was the ability to keep time. Yeah. Because if you imagine in the course of a two and two and a half hour show with this DJ playing Can't Buy Me Love, Jim Reeves, uh, Dinah Ross and the Supremes, early Marvin Gaye, and then going into a waltz for the old people to, to go around sure, and dance with. Sure. I had to keep in time. Yeah. I had to, so I'm playing all different styles, different tempos, um, 
different time signatures. Mm -hmm. And I had to keep in time, otherwise, of course, it would have been a train wreck. So that instilled in me yeah. a sense of time, which thank goodness I've, I've had, you know, ever since. Yeah, the 10,000 hour rule, um, I, I fully endorse. I yeah. think that's a, a wonderful saying. I'm not that proficient in drumming like uh, Simon Phillips or Terry Bozio or these wonder, or Neil Peart, mm, rest his soul. Yeah. You know, those were amazing, amazing drummers who could play 7-4, 11-9. That, that really wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. But where I put my practice into was playing along to songs. Yeah. And I must have played along to thousands of songs on the radio yeah. and with Mr. Lane my bus drive. I love it. God, God bless Mr. Lane. Uh, the, the big, yeah. so I think a couple of lessons for, you know, aspiring musicians right out of the gate, you know, it, the, the opening or the break can come from anywhere and then, you know, mm. practice, 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 practice. Absolutely. There's no shortcut. Yeah. And that's what that, uh, that's what the science shows that, you know, you can have natural ability, but if you don't put the hours in the 10,000 hours and it's the person who does is going to surpass you. Well, I, I think That's we need right. to queue up uh, warm golf water if we could. Why? Oh yeah. I love that song. It's got a great message as well. having a fascinating conversation with Simon Kirk and you all are going to have to go out and buy his album all because of you to find out the rest of that story in warm mm. Gulf waters. So we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, it's a great story and a lot of life lessons in that, but I want to segue back to your, your comment about your drumming style and uh, share with you a quote uh, from Saishi out of the UK. Oh, 
A great guitar player. Yeah, um, and a, a cool guy. And what he said, he goes, what I said to Simon when we were talking about Al Jackson Jr. being his drumming inspiration when something like, I consider you a groove drummer, i.e. in the mold of Al Jackson Jr. rather than a rock drummer. I thought that was a pretty, oh, wow. pretty That's cool, lovely. Yeah. Pretty cool quote. Yeah. Well, Al, you know, I, I've had quite a few influences over, over the years yeah. and, and, and Al was just, for me, just something that, that resonated with me from, from the get go. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I found out, uh, later on that, you know, he, he played other instruments. He, he yeah. did play, um, you know, uh, piano and he played bass. And I think if, if you, uh, like Levon, uh, Levon Helm yeah. from the band. Yep. If you immerse yourself in other instruments, when it comes to playing drums, which is my main instrument, mm -hmm. it gives you a better feeling, a better understanding of how the song goes. Yeah. And uh, but Al just had that wonderful backbeat and groove, and uh, he was quite a yeah, quite and, a character. And, and for those that aren't familiar, because we like to you know provide some uh, history, which you're doing in spades mm -hmm. here. Uh, Al Jackson Jr. was the drummer for. He was the, the drummer for Booker T Booker and the T. MGs, yeah, yeah. which was the house band at Stax Records yeah, in Memphis. Yeah. And he, you know, they played on all the Otis Redding yeah. stuff. Uh, if you listen in the Midnight Hour by Wilson Pickett, yeah. you'll hear a backbeat that's about the size of a skyscraper. <laughs> and that's Al Jackson. Um, Donald Duck Dunn, I think, was in that. Donald and, Duck Dunn, yeah. Booker T on keyboards, yeah. and Steve Cropper. Cropper, the great guitarist. And guitars. Green Onions. Yes, so, yes, so yes. the youngsters yes. out there, yes. if you can get a hold of Green Onions yes. or go to Apple Music and get Green Onions, yep. you will find a record that was so seminal and so influential on yeah. Most uh, musicians of my era, Green Onions, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great recommendation. I love yeah. that song. And I want to just uh, go back a little bit and talk. So your first band, as I understand it, was the Maniacs. Yeah. And you the were Maniacs, doing yeah. lead vocals, which was really uncommon. <laughs> How did that come about, Simon? It's well, a... no, I I wasn't doing lead vocals. That came in the second band, Heatwave. Oh, but okay. You have to, okay. I got to tell you a story about the Maniacs, which is just... yeah. Sublime. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was doing my little gig with Mr. Lane, yeah. playing my little red kit. And this guy, this is way out in the country where I was brought up. Yeah. And this guy approached me afterwards and he was, he was a teddy boy. And a teddy boy in those days was really into rock and roll. They had slick back hair, drainpipe trousers, pinkle, uh, winkle picker shoes. <laughs> You know, he was a real, like something out of central casting. Yeah. And he said, listen, you, I like your drumming. I want you to be part of my group. And I said, well, look, man, I'm, yeah, I'm only 15, but uh, <laughs> whatever. And I really wanted to be in a group. I didn't want to just play yeah. along with records yeah. all my life. So I went to submit, meet this guy, Richie Jones, and his brother Royston. And they had this band called The Maniacs. And quick story about them. Yeah. He was, he'd been in the army in Germany. He brought back from Germany an amp, a guitar amp, with 11 inputs. Oh, my gosh. And we all went through <laughs> this amp. Yeah. And I swear to God, I've never seen anything before or since like it. And the bass player went through it. The lead guitarist went oh through it. The vocals God. went through it. It was the size of a small suitcase. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> it blew up one night in a sea of flames. Uh, and we had to, you know, get some stuff. <laughs> I I did backing vocals, and then I did okay. lead vocals for my next band, yeah. which is a trio yeah. called The Heat Wave. I, I sang lead vocals for them. I love it. 
if you're uh, willing to touch on the deal, I've got that in quotes mm. too, that you worked out with your parents uh, after graduating from high oh, school. Oh, yeah. I owe them a, a, a real debt because I was brought up in a very rural part of, of England. Yeah. I mean, it's like living in northwestern Idaho. Whoa. We were miles from anywhere. Yeah. We were city folk, and I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And people either went into the army or they became farmers Mm. and that was it. And I really didn't want to uh, become a farmer or go into the army. So at the end of my, at 16, I wanted to, you know, I I thought I was a pretty good drummer. I wanted to go to London Mm -hmm. and and try it out. And my parents said, look, please, no, get your advanced diploma. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't work out, you can go to university. And I thank God that I did. So at the age of 18, they said, look, you finished high school, you got two years. Mm-hmm. If nothing happens in two years, promise us mm-hmm. you'll go to university. Mm-hmm. And I said, deal. Yeah. And at the 23rd month of the 24 months that they'd given me, mm-hmm. having tried dishwashing, <laughs> construction, uh, car washing, yeah. uh, demolition, you name it, I tried it, yeah. all the while answering auditions yeah. and failing on the 23rd month of the 24, Mm-mm-mm. I got my break and I met Paul Kossoff uh, from Black Cat Bones. Well, you've teed it up brilliantly for the next song, uh, Feel Like Making Love, off of your album, All Because of You. And I'd love to uh, play that and come back then and talk about sure. of about the big break, the second big break. Okay, sure. When I think about you, I think about love Darling, I can't live without you and your love If I have those golden dreams of my yesterday wrap you in the heavens but they lay dying on the way I feel like making DJ and Patrick Burkery uh, in his article, Nine Reasons to Love Simon Kirk, said of that song, 
were it not for Kirk's suggestion to fuse a ballsy mm-hmm. Paul Rogers riff and a, quote, simple little country song that Mick mm-hmm. Ralphs was working on, the world might never have known the, this slow jam. And I want to take a short break, Simon, to uh, support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart, uh, Foundation for Premature Infants. And uh, then we're going to come back and roll the rest of the show uh, commercial free and talk about this song and and a couple more. Sure. So stay with us, y'all. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants' Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely, 24 hours per day, 365 days per year, on all shifts, in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. You are back on Ride the Vibe. And uh, Steve Smith in his Rolling Stone review talked about this album, All Because of You, your uh, third full-length album. And he, he talks about you, um, you know, being uh, really away from, or, you know, in, in front of the microphone with a ukulele and a guitar and mm. um, using the empty pockets. And I uh, mm. wondered if you'd, you know, talk about how you connected with them, Simon, and, and the album in general and that song in particular. Yeah. Well, I'd I, I done... Um a couple of solo albums before. One was kind of, you know, homespun. I did it in my uh, studio. And then the second one, I got a couple of session guys in on a couple of tracks. And on this one, I, all because of you, I really wanted to use a group uh, that would back me, you know, th- for the entire album. And my manager, David Spiro, says, I got the perfect band for you. He manages quite a few acts. And one of them was this band from Chicago called The Empty Pockets. Mm. And um, I said, well, okay, yeah, send me some tracks. And he didn't send me a picture or anything. He just sent me some MP3s. And I was knocked out. I mean, they were so good. Yeah. And I thought they were, you know, maybe like in their 40s. Or, uh, but no, they were in their 20s and 30s. And they really had old heads on young shoulders. And, and uh, I saw them play and I met them. I flew out to Chicago to meet them and we just got on yeah and we knocked the album out in about four or five days they were wonderful mm-hmm. and wh- why uh why did you pick this song feel like making love out of well my wife maria yeah uh, i i i was i bought a uke- ukulele my daughter lola yeah um i have three daughters and lola has fallen in love with this ukulele she said dad you got to get one yeah so I went out and bought one because if your daughter tells you to do something, you do it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sort of noodling around playing, the, you know, the, the, the route to the four. You know, musicians will know the madada. Yeah. And I started singing, baby, when I think about you. And Maria said, isn't that a, that's a bad company song. Yeah. And I said, yeah. She said, well, I really like that treatment. Why don't you do it mm. on your solo album? Mm. I said, no, this is like, this is a classic rock song. You can't muck around with it. She said, no, 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 trust me, it'll be great. Yeah. So I played it to the pockets and the empty pockets and yeah. they loved it. Yeah. They said, yeah. 
And when you think about it, Michael, this was released in 75, mm-hmm. which is 40, you know, 43 <laughs> years. When I, when I did the album, yes. it was 43 years ago. Most people don't give a, a you know, a cuss about it. Uh, Paul and Mick said, go ahead and do it. You yeah. know, they get the royalties, whatever. Right. And uh, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. And I love it. I yeah. really love it. I, I think, thought it turned out really yeah, well. It re- I agree. And, you know, uh, I, I can see why you titled the album all because of you, you know, very wise yeah. woman <laughs> with a very... Thanks to Maria. Yeah, yeah. very brilliant suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> talk about some special moments that, uh, that you may have with uh, when you were in free at a gig or a tour or the fans oh, or anything that wow. come to mind. Wow. Well, I think the one that really stands out was the second appearance we did at the Isle of Wight, uh, the Isle of Wight Festival. Not many people realize that we actually did two Isle of Wights. Mm. The one in 69, we did about a 20-minute set. We were kind of following in the footsteps of uh, Woodstock. Yeah. But the big one was the year later um, when, you know, we, all right now it's climbing the charts yeah. and we were the the flavor of the week, as it were, or flavor of the month. <laughs> uh, and it was the most sublime yeah. uh, bill. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember all the act, acts, but the three days of Isle of Wight. It was probably, we probably you'd on, have to remember who wasn't there, I think, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, Sly, Hendrix, mm-hmm. Dylan. I mean, it was the most amazing lineup, yeah. particularly for England. Yeah. You know, we had to fly all these. Right. The promoters had to fly all these people out from America. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were supposed to go on on the Saturday night uh, because, you know, All Right Now is, I believe, number two in the chart. Mm. And um, we got there early and we were in our trailer and we were supposed to go on about eight o'clock, you know, the prime spot. Sure on Saturday night. And of course it was chaos. And we, we kept getting pushed back and pushed back. We kept smoking a little more, a little <laughs> drinking a little more. La, la, la. And, and, you know, to, you know, get rid of nerves. Yeah. And then our manager, Chris Blackwell said, you know what guys, you're not going on tonight. This is crazy. Oh, I believe no. Sly took the stage at two o'clock in the morning. Oh Lord have mercy. So, and he did the right thing. He pulled us from that. And he said to the promoters, my guys are going to go on around noon uh, Sunday tomorrow. Yeah. And we were a bit disappointed, but actually I was a little <laughs> relieved. <laughs> and we went on the next morning, oh, 12 o'clock, yeah. and it was a beautiful sunny day <laughs> on Sunday, and it was just a great gig. Yeah. And, um, I love you know, it. So that, that's my prime uh, memory of, of that. Of free. Oh, there were so many. Yeah. That sticks one, out. It's kind of hard to... How about um, how about talk about uh, your performance with the amazing Frankie Miller from Scotland? Is that? Oh, I'm so glad you brought him up. Oh, I love Frankie. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, that that I have to give a shout out to the the this show. The, the reason this show is dedicated to Lucy that that uh, Lucy oh, suggested great. that. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, I Frankie approached me. I kind of forget now. It was in the mid '80s or early '80s. And Bad Company were on one of their hiatuses, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't doing anything. And I got a call from, oh, I got a call from Frankie himself, yeah. who had a very thick Glasgow accent, and I couldn't really understand him. <laughs> number one, I wanted to know how the hell he got my phone number, but we never, never got around to that. And he said, Samero, uh, I'd love you to play on, you know, I love your drum and I'd love you to play on my, my album. And I said, oh, all right. Uh, 
And I kind of remembered him. He'd written some songs with Andy Fraser mm-hmm. from Free. Mm-hmm. And he was a good singer. I remember him being a good singer. Yeah. I didn't realize how good until I went to see him. And we got together at a pub in London and he had all these songs. And they, it was just him, a bass player, Chrissy Stewart, Robbo Robertson, who went on to be in Thin Lizzy, mm. and me. Yeah. And we knocked these songs out. And he was such a great singer. And um, I went on tour with him. Uh, I mean, we did yeah. a whole bunch of gigs in Scotland and yeah. uh, Germany and Belgium and all over. Mm-hmm. I loved his singing. Great mm-hmm. singer. Mm-hmm. But we did a great album called Dancing in the Rain. Ah. And it's some of the best drumming I ever did and some of the best singing and, and some of the best instrumental uh, performances you'll ever hear from any four guys. I love it. I don't say that lightly. Dancing in in the the rain, rain. go and get it. So one to get for sure. And is that, was it a takeoff on the movie with uh, Fred Astaire? Or no? I have no idea. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh no, Uh, you're thinking of uh, Gene Kelly. Yeah, Gene Kelly, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You'd yeah. have to ask. No, me. that's all right. That's all right. Well, <laughs> I, I, this, uh, this song, uh, you, you suggested, um, and I, it just is completely resonated with me. If we could cue up into the light again, this is off of all because of you. Great song. Best thing I ever did was to get sober and playing music has helped me to stay sober. I support Road to Recovery and I'm honored to be part of this one-of-a-kind organization. Road Recovery allows me to share my talents with the young people enrolled in their programs. The kids always give me more than I give them. Just gives me chills. Talk about your work with Road to Recovery and receiving the 2017 President's Award for Innovation Advocacy. Uh, well, yeah, I think you, 
you said it all there, Michael. I mean, I, I got sober quite a few years ago and um, one of my counselors um, suggested, told me about this, this uh, little organization in New York City called Road Recovery mm-hmm. and suggested that I go there, strongly suggested that I go there. Yeah. And, and um, you know, see what I could learn and help and la, la, la. So I found out that it was actually an organization that helped youngsters. Yeah. And that got my interest more than going to meeting, 12-step meetings, which, by the way, are a huge help. Yeah. But to be involved with youngsters who were trying to get sober was a real eye-opener for me. And yeah. I just wish it had been around when I was their age. To see a teenager, you know, someone who's 18 or 19 mm-hmm. and has been sober for three or four years, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. So we help them, you know, and we help usually through music. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the kids who come through the doors have a little knowledge of music and can play something, but not all of them. And, um, you know, we give them a tambourine or we something to bang on and, uh, you know, we, we try and get them out of their shells. Yeah. And I believe it's coming up on 22 years now. Wow. So we've helped hundreds and hundreds of children. God bless and you. And not just me. I mean, I'm, I'm just a counsellor. It's Gene Bowen yeah. and Jack Bookbinder who are the, 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 the figureheads mm-hmm. uh, and the instigators of the whole thing. I a wonderful organisation. Well, talk about that song and the, those background singers and that, that arrangement just oh. kill me. I mean, it's just <laughs> stellar. Yeah, well, I, I, I've always, I said to myself, if ever I could, I would use a string quartet yeah. and, a, and a choir mm. on, on my solo album. And I managed to do <clears throat> both. Thank you. <laughs> thanks to Josh, to Josh Solomon, who is the, uh, the, the musical director of Empty Pockets. Yeah. And um, we did the song and I said at the end of it, Josh, I would love to have a choir yeah. On, uh, yeah. on Into the Light. He said, I know the very people. Yeah. And I left him to it. I didn't, I wasn't there at the session. Right. Uh, but um, he sent me the, the MP3 a couple of weeks later and I just, mm. I lost it. I Are they so, uh, out of Chicago, Simon, the, the choir? Yeah, Is yeah. It? I made a donation uh, to the uh, to the church. They yeah. wouldn't do it for, they wouldn't get paid, yeah, but they yeah. wanted a donation to the church. I love it. And um, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I, oh, it's I a killer song. song, yeah. Very special. And I wrote it with a member of Road Recovery okay. whose name... I forgot. He's ah, vanished. Yeah. And so I've got some royalties for him if he wants to call in. <laughs> if you're I'll listening out money. there, you you, yeah. you heard it. And and what'd you say at the very beginning, Simon? You can't get enough money, sex, and sleep. Or, that, yeah, I, sex and sleep is like money. You can never get enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, um, this is another uh, suggestion from the amazing Lucy, but she uh, asked me to uh, have you talk about the Led Zeppelin reunion concert a little bit. Oh, um, well, okay. I don't really have that much to say other than I was one of the, you know, one of the lucky people. Yeah. Not only did I not pay, I got (laughs) tickets for Compt to the Zeppelin reunion because I I knew, you know, I I knew the the guys and I knew Jason very well, Jason Bonham. Yeah. And and I saw them. Um, And it was a, a great show. Yeah. And I have to say that Jason Bonham. Yeah is one of the greatest drummers. Mm. I mean, he, they say the apple doesn't fall very far right, from his right. tree. And had John, had John lived longer, mm. you've got to remember, he was only 30. Yeah, too young. He was only 30 when he passed away. Mm. He would have been 
as good a drummer as his son is now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly because yeah. John was one of a kind yeah. and one of the greatest drummers of all time. Mm. But Jason, because he's now sober, mm-hmm. and I believe he's over 50 now, he's mm-hmm. been playing 40 years. He's the most amazing drummer. And he played Kashmir, yeah. the Zeppelin song. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he played the whole set, Zeppelin set. Yeah. But the drumming that he played on Kashmir that night gives me chills thinking about it today. Mm-hmm. It was that mm-hmm. good. Well, he definitely uh, live as you do, lives the example of the 10,000 rule times, probably five, six, seven, ten. Well, yeah. uh, I want to tee up uh, Trouble Road, again, all uh, off of, uh, all because of you. And uh, this one, uh, you linked up with Warren Haynes, and I want to talk about how that came about when we uh, come back from this great <laughs> song, too. I was just 18 when I went too far. The man I hit in a fight nearly died in that bar. So I headed on south till I reached El Paso. Everywhere I went, people were giving me hassle. Nothing but towns in my rearview mirror. I had to keep moving on. Trouble Road, I gotta let it go. Get off that damn high. battered and bruised she was lighting a candle when i first saw you you lifted up this fallen man and led into grace with the touch of your hand now the devil's been involved in all that i've done but he's no match for the power of love and since that day i fell to my knees i never stood so tall trouble Kirk anchors things with taste and power, smashing those crashes in the chorus, building up the changes with the snare rolls and hitting those flames to great effect. Chris Burke, Music Radar. Great song. And talk about um, linking up with Warren Haynes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, a mutual friend of ours is a lady called Suzanne Hillary. Okay. And she knows Warren very well and she knew me. And... I believe Warren got in touch with her asking if I would play one of his, uh, do a couple of songs at one of his New Year's Eve uh-huh. or Christmas shows at um, the Beacon Theatre in New York City, yeah. where I live. Yeah. And I said, wow. And I loved his work with the Orman Brothers. Yeah. And he wanted to do Mr. Big. He was a big free fan. Uh-huh. And Mr. Big and and another Good Morning Little Schoolgirl, another uh, 
a Believe Muddy Waters song. Yeah. So I went and did the rehearsal at the Beacon, went off really well. We did the show later that night. And he's just a phenomenal guitar player yeah. and such a nice guy. So say, fast forward a couple of months, and I'm in another organization up in Boston called Right Turn. Mm. And we have a, a fundraiser every year. And the guy who was going to play dropped out. I believe it was Chuck Berry. Uh -huh. He got ill or something. So I called Warren. I said, Warren, can you help us out? Yeah. He said, I'd love to, man. What can I do? I said, I need you here uh, like in four days' time. <laughs> he said, let me have a think about that. Yeah. Yes, I'll do it. <laughs> and he saved the night. It was wow. amazing. Yeah. The show sold out within a day and we had a full house uh, and we've been uh, friends ever uh, since. So when it came to do my album, I called him and said, he said, well, send me the, the tracks. Yeah. And my biggest regret to this day is that I didn't give him eight bars to play on in the solo. I only gave him four. And it's the greatest four bars of guitar that you will ever hear. And you'll have to buy this, the album to hear Absolutely. It, and they can do wonderful. that by going to officialsimonkirk.com. Yeah. Well, right. I, I want to go back then, uh, the apple fallen fa uh, not far from the tree, and you referenced one of your daughters, Lola, but, you know, you, your daughters are, are, are all kids. Your kids are so multi-talented. Uh, talk a little bit about, about each of them if, you, if you're inclined. Oh, yeah, so. I'm very, very proud of them. Um, well, my eldest daughter, Domino, um, delivers children. Ah. She delivers babies. Uh, yep. She's uh, a professional doula, yep. studying to be a midwife. And I believe she's delivered so far about 140 babies. Wow. Um, some, some famous people, well, I, I, it's, I'm not at liberty yeah, to, sure, to sure. divulge yeah. who she's worked with, but she's, she's very well known in the doula world. I love it. Uh, she's, also, excuse me, she's also a very good singer yeah. and has, uh, has had several solo albums out, Domino Kirk. Um, and then my middle child, Jemima, mm -hmm. Jemima Kirk, uh, was quite well known for um, a rather salacious series called Girls, <laughs> which was very hard to watch at times. I'm sure um, for a father, yeah. I remember watching, <laughs> we watched uh, the, the uh, premiere yeah. of the first season with, with Brian Williams, yeah. the, the well-known broadcaster, whose daughter, Alison, was one of them. Yeah. And there was this... <laughs> My, at least Jemima gave me a heads up saying, Dad, you know, the first, yeah, you might want to duck your head about three minutes in. But no one told Brian. Oh, boy. And, um, and there was a scene where Alison, um, how can we put this delicately, she pleasures herself. Uh, yeah. And Brian is right in front of me, and I could see his shoulders rising up to his ears in oh, embarrassment. Boy. yeah. And Alison leans over and says, Dad, I'm so sorry, I should have told you. And I, I see him in the foyer afterwards, and I look at him and say, well, at least I got the heads up, Brian. Um, so anyway, so Jemima is also, yeah. I, I have to say, a yeah. wonderful singer. Yeah. But she never, she just won't do it. Uh, That's not her thing. She's yeah. an artist, yeah. a very good artist, yeah. and a very good actress. She's been in quite a few movies. Yeah. Uh, but she's also got this wonderful bluesy voice. And then Lola, yeah. my youngest daughter, uh, has been in quite a few, few movies. And she was also in Mozart in the Jungle. Uh -huh. Yeah. As Haley Rutledge, I believe, yeah, uh, and that ran for quite a few seasons. So I'm very, very proud of of, of all my girls, love and it, I love, love it, them love to it. death. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna segue into a song that is not on uh, this album, and then we'll come back and end with Maria. And uh, thank you. We're gonna play Make Believe. This was a song uh, that you worked on with Melanie Denard right out of uh, mm. the Atlanta area and Muddy uh, Manum out of out of the uh, I- Iceland. Is that? Did I have that right? Or Greenland? Finland. Finland. Yeah, Finland. Finland. No, Finland. Yeah. Finland. So let's uh, hit, queue up Make Believe if we could. Just having a great conversation with Simon Kirk. That's make believe. That was a an a orchestra, I believe, orchestrated by uh, the introduction, at least to Melanie, with uh, the amazing Lucy Pillar, who we're dedicating this show to. Do I have that right, Simon? <laughs> yeah, Lucy's my, she's my uh, my second agent. Yeah, she's my manager, some <laughs> agent, catalyst. You know, yeah. she's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, she got in touch. Um, uh, Lucy got in touch with me. Couple of years ago, yeah. and said, um, you know, she she was managing an uh, artists in the area, and she sent me a, a demo, you know, an MP3 of of this girl Melanie, and this guitar player, yeah. um, and I loved her voice straight out of the box, and his Muddy was mm-hmm. this great guitar player, wonderful guitar, and I just said, yeah, I mean, yeah. She said, well, would you mind playing drums? You know, Lucy's so upfront and forthright. She said, would you play drums? Right, right. I said, uh, well, yeah, of course I will. And, and um, so I'd just gotten yeah. my Pro Tools rig, you know, thank God for Pro Tools yeah. and the internet. And, mm-hmm. I managed, and that actually, Make Believe, was the first song mm-hmm. I ever played drums to mm-hmm. in my, my little studio out here on Long Island wow. in New York. And um, yeah, it, it turned out great. And 
And that's off, off Mu- Melanie. That's off Muddy's album River Flows. His yeah. release. And I've got to tell you, he's a fantastic guitar yeah, player. Guitars. Well, you you are are working with someone uh, currently, Batu, out of Turkey. Talk a little wow. bit about that. And we, we had Batu on the show and just had a great conversation with him not too long yeah. ago. Oh, Batu is, is uh, once again, is a, a, an artist of, of Lucy's. Yeah. And she sent me, um, uh, and I trust her judgment because right. she knows me so well. Right. She knows right. what I like. And uh, it's not like I'm going to charge money. It's, I, I, do, I do this because I like to help people. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, polish my own badge, yeah. but I, I like helping people. And yeah. it's not. Uh, for no other reason than that. You and and Lucy yeah. sent me, she said, now this kid's from Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. yes, well. And then she sent me this MP3. And yeah. what a voice this kid yeah. had. And he is. He, I don't think he's, I think he's about 28 or something. Yeah, or exactly. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. But then she sent me, she sent me a, a YouTube, yeah. one of his songs. And he, and my and Maria just went crazy yeah. about it. He said, oh, he's so cute. He's wonderful. <laughs> I said, well, he can also bloody sing, sing. as well. Yeah, yeah. So he had this great video, this kind of quirky, zany video. Yeah. And this guy could really sing. So he sent me um, uh, two MP3s. Oh, you got me. Uh, you got me going. Yeah. And I forget the other one. And he sent me the the files, and I put them in my Pro Tools rig, and I played drums along. Yeah. And we did two songs, and he loved it. And uh, he's he's a really good singer, and uh, I wish him well. I, I think love he's, it. He's going to go. Yeah, he's gonna go, go far. Crazy. Absolutely, I yeah, love it. Yeah. Well, we are, it, the time has just blown by, but we would be remiss if we didn't cue up uh, Maria in tribute to a very very special lady in your life. So, Wahid, if we could cue that up. Walks in beauty through the night with the moon and the stars around her. When she smiles at me, my heart takes flight, and I bless the day that I found her. And I never felt more free Knowing Maria Lying in her arms I feel whole And I tremble before her In her heart She holds my very soul And there's nothing I wouldn't do For her And I never felt more free Loving Maria When I'm down, she knows what to say. She clear- you are 
back on Ride the Vibe. We've just played Maria off of All Because of You. Talk about that song, Simon, as we wrap up here at the uh, a little over the um, hour. Yeah. Well, you know, they say love is the uh, the biggest muse of them all. And, yeah. and I, I have a, a wonderful lady in my life. Yeah. And I was... Um, playing around with different tunings in my little apartment in, in the city, mm. New York City. And there's a thing called drop D, which most guitarists will know about, where you just tune the bottom E string down to D. Mm. It's only down one step. The rest of the guitar stays in tune. And I'm noodling around on this, and it's this wonderful drone thing. And I just do this D to, to C to G, back up to D. And I thought, she walks in beauty through the night, which is actually uh, a, a line from a, an old poem back yeah. in the 1700s by Percy Shelley. Oh, my God. And uh, if ever they, the estate wants to come after me for royalties, I can give them some money as well. <laughs> but she walks in beauty through the night <laughs> is a line from an old poem. I and the rest it. of it is all me, I promise it. you. I love and, uh, it. <laughs> and then Josh, yeah. Josh Solomon... Said I can put. I said I really want a string quartet on sure, this, sure. a la yesterday, like the Beatles oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And then he did it all by himself, and and he sent me the the track of this wonderful string quartet from Chicago, and the result is Maria. Maria, and here it I is. I love it. Well, Lucy hit the nail on the head. Simon Kirk is one of the most humble musicians I've ever met, and it's been an absolute honor to have remained his friend for over 50 years. I truly feel like he is a brother to me. Simon, you just have been so incredibly gracious to uh, accommodate us on Ride the Vibe. And uh, I, the takeaways for me, I mean, the opportunities can come from anyone, including your bus driver, 10,000 hours, uh, you know, you give more than you get and leave more than you take. Clearly you walk your talk in that regard and Apple's not falling far from the tree. Uh, Dancing in the Rain, your uh, album with Frankie Miller, uh, so much more. Uh, listen to to Casimir uh, um, with um, Jason, Jason on, on drums. Yeah. Any parting co comments as we, we wrap it up here? Well, you know, they say that an interview is as good as the interviewer, and you really knocked it out of the park, my friend. Wow. So thank you very much for a, a wonderful interview, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. God bless you. We Great conversation. It's all a tribute to you. Thanks so much, Simon. Thanks, Michael. And thank you, Wahid. We are out of here. Bye-bye. Ride the vibe. Better late than never, here's my thanks to every place my song on the